and welcome to another episode on training and assessment professional development. We've been doing a lot of training lately on change and you know let me tell you there's lots of change happening in many environments Um, and we you know I think we forget that not everyone if you are a person that copes with change not everyone copes with change very well and you know if you're leading a team I've got some really great tips for you around how you can help your team transition through change much more effectively. And whilst people have to take individual responsibility for how they feel about change, they also have to be able to ask questions. But you as the leader can lead them through this change in a more effective way. And that means people are on board faster, that means productivity increases at a much more succinct pace to what you're actually trying to achieve. So let's look at something. I want to think. Uh, I want you to think about a concept here. Hope you've got a pen and paper ready, and you've got to think about how people work, why they do what they do, why they think the way they think, and what's important to them. And when we look at values, we can start to understand how people's values change. And when change is uh, on the table, people can go into a, a state of excitement or a complete state of um, sometimes paralysis of where we are not going to go through another change. Oh, my God, this is terrible. So if you think about um, there's a concept that Anthony Robbins talks about and he did a 20 minute TED talk. And it really explains it well. And his TED Talk is called Why We Do What We Do. But it really talks about the six human needs. And these six human needs are certainty, uncertainty, variety, significance, love and connection, growth and contribution. Now, thinking about those six human needs, they're actually values. And when we look at um, each of them and we break them down, let me give you a quick um, breakdown of, of, you know, what, what they might mean for you. But you have to define this for yourself. So it's important to write this down and think about what you need in respect to this. So certainty. Now, someone who loves certainty, um, you know, typically might like to know what they're doing every day. And they're, you know, if they like certainty, they might like data entry, for example, because they just know that they're doing it. So having the certainty that they know what they're doing, having certainty and security around their job. um, And we're talking really from a career business perspective here, not from a personal one, because that might be different. Um, When it comes to uncertainty variety, someone like myself who doesn't like to do the same thing day in, day out, I like that variety. Um, I don't need to have that certainty. Uh, I'm very resilient, so I'm okay with, you know, uncertainty and not always knowing. Um, And so, you know, there's a very big difference between the certainty and then the uncertainty variety. And then there's significance. Um, Being significant in a workplace is not an ego thing. It's I'm significant because I'm making a contribution. I'm contributing to the team and I'm being acknowledged for that. That makes me feel significant. That could be a term. But, you know, figure out what it is for you, what makes you feel good. Significance also can be as simple as putting 20 cents in the Salvation Army donation box. So, you know, there's 
different things that make us feel significant. It's not necessarily an ego thing. Um, and some people know within their workplace they feel significant because they've been given a pay rise which is saying hey you're doing a good job or they're feeling significant because their boss says hey I really liked what you contributed to this project thank you for that it's appreciated by everyone um, then there's love and connection and so that connecting with people if connection is really important to you that's going to be higher on your values someone who wants to go into work and and uh, connection isn't high on their values list really isn't going to care if they connect with people they just want to get in there and do a good job all right now I want you to keep in mind with this there is no right wrong good or bad answer in this this is just what it is and I use this example when we're talking about um, someone needing a pay rise to feel significant, to feel like it's meaning, a meaningful job. That's not a good or bad thing. That just is what it is. And, and kudos to you if you know that's what you need because that's an important factor. Um, then we've got um, growth and, you know, there's the old saying, if you uh, aren't growing, you're dying, like a tree continuously grows. Humans need to grow. And you can be forced to grow or you can choose to grow. Now, when I say forced to grow, you could be given a promotion that you didn't really want because it makes you feel uncomfortable. And so, but you're going to take this promotion because they've said that you have no choice. Um, again, you're going to grow, but it's forced. Whereas if you apply for a promotion, you're choosing to grow. If you do professional development, you're, you're choosing to grow. Uh, if you're learning new things all the time, you're choosing to grow. Okay, which is a much more powerful place to be in. Um, and then there's contribution, you know, um, making a contribution, giving back, um, contributing to a project, contributing to the team. Contribution, again, what does that look like for you? Um, speaking up in a meeting can be uncomfortable, but it means that you're contributing and that could be important. So again, certainty, number one, uncertainty variety, number two, significance number three love and connection number four growth number five and six is uh, contribution and so when you look at these six human needs it's really important to be able to put them in the order in which you think now you might say what has this got to do with change it has everything to do with change someone who needs certainty may not be as comfortable with change as someone who has uncertainty variety as their highest value so when you can identify for yourself what your values are for example if contribution is really important to you if it's high on your values uh, that means that it's important for you to be able to contribute something to the change now that could be hey guys have we thought about a b and c you're making that contribution and so for a leader, supervisor, manager, whomever you are, as the leader, right, you want to hear what's going on for other people when change is announced. And so someone who needs certainty, for example, their previous experience could be that a change happened and they lost their job. So you can imagine what might be triggered when they hear a change is happening and certainty is important to them. And they've got a family to feed. They've got a mortgage to pay, right? So for them, this, they could be telling this story. Fear kicks in. They tell a story about 
well, oh my goodness, this could mean the end of my job. You know, how can they contribute positively to it, you know, a project or a change when in the back of their mind, they're fearing losing their job? Now, that's an extreme example. Other people just might be uncomfortable with change. So really, you could simply ask the team, okay, how comfortable are you with change? Do you hate change? Do you love change? Do you sit in the middle? And when you start to ask these questions, you start to identify how people are feeling about change. And in fact, you can actually get to what the fears are much faster. What does this mean? This means that people will transition through the change much better because they have all the information they need. Now, for example, you can have a really good conversation with someone to identify how they're feeling about the change by simply saying, tell me what your thoughts are around this change. Or if you know someone is a more feeling person, tell me how you feel about this change. What's your understanding of this change? Now, when someone articulates back to you what their concerns are or what their understanding of the change is, that means you can go, yeah, you're right, that is what is happening. Or you can go, oh, no, I think you've misunderstood the change. And being able to say early on to someone, no one is losing their job. This just means that the team dynamics will change. Other people are going to come in. Some other people are going to a different department or whatever the situation might be. But that person is more empowered with information. Therefore, they're going to be on board faster if they understand the change, the who, the what, the how, the when, um, and, and what role they play in it. So these conversations are really important for people to be able to transition through the change. And if you think about different phases of change, the old way is coming to an end and a new way is going to begin. And so there's always the end phase where things, you know, start to slow down because people are transitioning Fear can kick in, the stories can kick in, and your job is to help alleviate some of those concerns. When phase that you know the transition stage happens, there's a bit of confusion. Some people don't know how to do the new way because they've been doing the old way for a long time. And sometimes new people come in. So when new people come into a team, there's the trust and rapport that needs to be built. And if you do this transition well, you're going to have the team beginning in the new phase excited and on board and not concerned about things because they have all the information they need. They're much more empowered, right? So empowering people means that you will have more open dialogue. You will have more um, trust within the team and more open communication within the team. Now, another thing to think about is, In Stephen Covey's book, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, you can um, find his definition, um, and he talks about this a lot, which is the circle of concern and the circle of influence. Now, if people are sitting in the circle of concern and their circle of concern is much larger, then you're going to find that they are more reactive and less proactive. They're worried about things. And sometimes people are worried about things that they cannot change and they're putting all of their energy into something that they have no control over. 
And so that's not very productive. Then you've got the circle of uh, influence where you are more uh, in a proactive stage and you actually want to come up with ideas because there are things that are in your control. So one of the things to do is get a whiteboard, get some sticky notes and get everyone to like draw a circle of concern and put all of the sticky notes in this circle of concern. Then you're going to take out of that circle things that you have control over, things that you can do something about and you move them over to the circle of influence. And that's when you can start to make strategies for changing the things that you can change. But you want to get people on board and you can simply ask the question when you've got a concern, you ask the question, can we do anything about this? Do we have any influence over this? And if the answer is no, you want to ask the person, would you be okay with letting this one go? We, we acknowledge it's there, but would you be okay with us letting this go? And that empowers the person to say, yeah, I think I can let that go. Because that's the point you want to get to where you're just focused on and creating strategies for what you can influence, not what you can't. All right. So this is a really good team strategy to be able to get everyone on board with what you need to do. Then you can create the strategies and then have some processes in place for now moving through and being able to implement the changes as you go. So I hope that these have been really helpful because these are some really great simple steps, simple questions to start understanding why people cope with change better than others and what you can do to help people transition through the changes, especially now when we're moving back into there's a lot of people going back to work. There's a lot of people who um, maybe have really enjoyed working from home and then there's other people who have really struggled to work from home. So allowing people to transition back into the workplace in a way that's going to be comfortable for them is going to be more productive for the team and the organisations will actually thrive uh, once they start to have a really inclusive dialogue to understand where people are at. Now, I'll just jump back to um, the six human needs for a minute. It's a really good practice to do, but when you've got the six human needs and you want to make sure that you put them in order of your values so you can understand how you work, how you think, um, but do it for career and do it for personal and you'll see whether they are the same or they're different. Again, no right or wrong, good or bad. You'll actually find that... um, What I found in most cases is that they do differ a little bit, but you can really start to increase your own emotional intelligence because you understand what drives you, what triggers you, and it all comes back to your values. So again, thank you for tuning in. I'm really grateful. Um, I hope you've enjoyed this episode. And if you want to know more or you want to um, be able to uh, join one of our sessions, you want to just go over to uh, Training and Assessment Professional Development Facebook page or you want to email Donna at mantratraining.com.au. So till next time, bye for now.